Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck, And I'm Lisa Popcheck, And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Today on More to Life, I loathe you just the way you are. How do you deal with those people who seem like they were born to irritate you? We'll help you manage it. 877-573-7825. Give us a call. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everybody. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, I loathe you just the way you are. Mm, And you're not saying love when you're saying that. No, no, no. I loathe you just the way you are. How do you deal with those people who seem like they were born to irritate you, especially if those people happen to be close to you like your spouse or your kids or uh, your parents or your in-laws or co-workers those people that you can't get away from easily but don't know how to deal with effectively we are here to help at 877-573-7825 one of the things that inspired this show was a new study from columbia university Um, that looked at the tendency of some people to attribute another person's offensive behavior to innate or biological factors. Mm. You know, the tendency, well, that's just the way they are. You know, oh, that's just just who they are as a person, you know. Grandpa's just a crank, you know. (laughs) Mom's just a prickly person. Oh, that kid. All my other kids are fine, but that one just was a problem from the minute they were born. You hear this kind of thing a lot. Exactly. And what they found in the research is that people who attributed offensive behavior to innate or biological factors did a worse job of solving their social their their interpersonal problems than people who attributed it to other things that were more changeable Um, and so the takeaway from that is that we have to be careful in what we attribute negative behavior to because if we just say well that's just the way they are you know the intention there is to kind of give ourselves a pass from having to do the work on it but it ends up making us feel kind of powerless and really frustrated really frustrated because we have to put up with them but there's nothing we can do about it whereas if you adopt a different attitude which something along the lines of well look you know everybody has a blind spot maybe more than one uh, but everybody's also capable of changing given the right motivation and it's just my job to work with that person to figure out what that might be you know I mean it, their behavior is still frustrating but it makes you feel more powerful and competent and effective in the face of that offense or frustration. Well, I think this is particularly true when it's somebody very, very, very close to you. 
your child or your spouse where really you know either you picked your spouse in the first place or you have a child who's given to you and is definitely coming in with their own tendencies and their own traits into life but is really there for you to disciple and if we just write that person off as as being a difficult personality i remember ages ago when you were really just starting out in your career mm-hmm. i think you might have still been in your master's program yeah I think you had a client who said this child has been a problem since that he was in the womb That's one right. day i was i was sitting on a like a heat register and he kicked so hard i fell off and i knew he was a problem then and he's been a problem all his life yeah in fact i shared that story on morning glory this morning oh, I, did you we, really taking turns lisa and i've been taking turns filling in for uh, deacon harold burke sivers uh, and this morning, I, I, I sort of teased this topic on the show, and I, and I shared that very story that, you know, this mom who yep. was coming in with her six-year-old uh, for counseling uh, because he, he was a lot to handle for her, you know, said to me, I know I knew he was going to be a problem since before he was born because of that exact incident. Yeah, and if we described. go into a situation thinking this is just going to be awful, this is who this person is, we we just shove the grace of God out of the way. We're saying God can't God can redeem everybody but Charlie, you know, <laughs> but and Sue. He's he, Christ Charlie, died and redeemed the world except for my mother-in-law. Yeah. You know, we just we do we just we just say nope, Lord, I don't believe enough in you that you can fix this situation, that you can change anything, that you can empower me to make an improvement. No, I'm just saying you can't. And look, we're not saying that these changes are easy to make no. with people. Um, sometimes it does take a real investment of time. And, and yes, there are some relationships that cannot be healed this side of heaven. That's why Jesus gives us permission to shake the dust from our feet once we've tried to talk to the person directly or get other people to intervene on our behalf. And if those things don't work then you can set limits because of course we all have free will and some people are just going to say no themselves to changing or god's grace in any way but we can't be the ones who say no to god's grace in that situation for them that's right and and so you know it's important to really resist that temptation as much as possible to upfront dismiss somebody's offensive behavior as just the way they are um and then not deal with them or not deal with it you know, the theology of the body reminds us that the people really weren't born to irritate us as tempting as it might be to think that they were. In fact, the theology of the body reminds us that every single person was created by God to be a unique and unrepeatable gift to the world, to work for our good and to bring God's blessings into our lives through their life. Now, of course, sin does cause us to behave in selfish and hurtful ways sometimes and some of us maybe more than others, but through God's grace, we're all given the power to repent and become the whole healed, godly, grace-filled people that we were meant to be. So in every one of our relationships, even with the difficult people we encounter, we've got to resist that temptation to write people off as irreparably broken. We, We have a responsibility in love to assume that everybody's capable of change and to expect people to change for the better. So, so it's, it is easy to write people off. And it's true that, like I said, some relationships can't be healed this side of heaven. But, but we can't ever excuse ourselves from, from trying to work for the good of others, even those people 
who are seem born to irritate us. So we're asking you, who are those people in your life that seem born to irritate you? Uh, would you like to change something about the way someone close to you treats you? Uh, do you have somebody in your life that you're tempted to just sort of write off and say, well, that's just the way they are. You can't do anything about them. I guess I just have to put up with it or avoid them as much as I can. Let's talk it out. Let's see if there isn't some way to move that relationship forward, both to increase your peace and build the communion that God is asking all of us to build with the people that he's placed in our lives. You know, the reality is those folks that bug you the most are your primary mission field. <laughs> what a really difficult mission field no, to go but, into. You know, look, we all think that it's our job to go out and save strangers, right, to, to preach the gospel. It really, sure it is, but it's mainly our job to, to preach the gospel and bring God's grace to the people that we know, that we have to deal with every day. But we don't like that. That's hard work. Well, you know, I think this is interesting because, you know, I did miss the, you talking about that story on Morning Glory. I must have left the room this morning when I was listening. But you guys did talk about Gloria brought up these nuns in Poland, in Poland who mm-hmm. had you know offered their lives in place of those who had families, and indeed at the end the Nazis did murder them all. And so you began to talk about what kind of you know offerings up up one can do. And mm-hmm. she was talking about you know if I wear heels and I offer up the pain of that. But really, we often think in relationship. That all we can do is what we were talking about, saying, well, this person's just cranky and prickly, so I offer up my discomfort in this. Well, that's good. God's never going to reject that kind of offer. But what's better is to say, Lord, I'm going to go through the the discomfort of actually trying to improve my relationship right. with this person. I'm going to work on this till I, I know for sure that they've said no and then I can sh- you know shake the dust from my feet as, mm-hmm. as you were mentioning earlier but we don't often think oh maybe God's asking us to step out a little bit and actually work on this not just groan about it and offer it up right. well let's talk it out so again the question to you what are, what are those people in your life uh, that, that seem born to irritate you you know are there certain things you'd like to change about the way somebody close to you treats you or, or you know offends you in some way kind of consistently but you're not sure how to approach it maybe you've got somebody in your life that you're tempted just write off uh, or say well look that's just the way they are i guess i just have to leave them alone or put up with it let's talk it through 877-573-7825 i just want to throw out a quick apology if i'm the one irritating our listeners today with my clearing my throat and trying to talk in my hoarse voice I'm having a relapse of, of the pneumonia I had two weeks ago. I called the doctor. I have an appointment this afternoon, so please, God, my voice will be back tomorrow. But when I called, I was shocked. She said, you're the third person this morning. I called at 9 a.m. exactly. She said, you're the third person this morning to call and say that their symptoms are coming back for pneumonia. I was like, I'm not the only one. This is going around. This is not good. But please forgive the, uh, the well, horse voice and the and keep, keep, throat keep clearing. I'm doing my please. best. Yeah. yeah, please. I want to get over this already. Well, speaking of prayer, let's take our concerns to the Lord. Then we'll start taking your calls in the name of the, the Father, Father and the, the Son and, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we thank you for all the people you've placed in our lives, even the challenging, irritating, frustrating people, because as hard as it is to see the blessing that they are, we recognize that everybody you bring into our lives, you you, you put there for a reason. So we ask you to help us to take advantage of the opportunity that those irritating people present to us to grow in charity, to grow in patience, to grow in understanding, to step outside of our comfort zones and be willing to meet them where they are at 
so that we can work together to find healthier ways to address those needs that are behind the irritating, frustrating, or obnoxious behaviors that, that upset us so much. We give you all of those difficult relationships, and we ask you, Lord, for the grace, for the compassion, and for the wisdom to know how to respond in, in ways that, that resolve those problems, that lead to the communion that your servant, Pope St. John Paul the Great, uh, reminded us was our, 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 our privilege and our responsibility to build, and to help us glorify you in all of the responses we make to the people that you've placed in our lives. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And in the, in the name, name of the, of the Father, Father, and the, the Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Well, we all have people who irritate us, who frustrate us, who do things that, that seem offensive that we're not sure how to handle. Uh, today's show is titled, I Loathe You Just the Way You Are. How do you deal with those people who seem like they are born to irritate you? We want to talk about how to manage all those relationships gracefully. 877 7825. Let's talk now with Lily, who's listening to EWTN Radio in New York. Hi there, Lily. What can we do for you today on Mortal Life? Um, I just wanted some guidance on what I could do with a family matter. What's up? What's happening? Um, well, I'm married to a man who is um, one of five children. He's in his 50s, and he ha- he's the youngest of five children. He has sisters who are in their 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. And... Um, We've been married for almost 20 years. The, um, his mother had a stroke about five years ago. She's in her mid-80s now. Okay. And when that happened, the whole family came together and tried to see what they could do to take care of the mother as far as taking care of her by going to her house and being with her 24-7 because they didn't want to have outside help come in. They didn't trust okay. outside help. Okay. With their, their take on it. So I, as a sister-in-law, just like, stood back from that and let them make the decisions for the mother's care. But in the meantime, um, my husband, who was the breadwinner for our family and working full-time, was asked to go over and take care of his mother for 24 to 48 hours every single week. And after over a year of him doing that, and myself and my young children not being able to see him on the weekends at all, it just took a real strain where he tried to take a step back, but his sisters held it against him. Mm-hmm. And he offered to go there periodically, but he couldn't do it consistently every single week. Right, okay. So where and do things stand a lot now? Of years of friction and anger and um, separation in the family, and it, it's just been a problem. I'm just trying to figure out what I can do to get over the um, hurt. I mean, I've forgiven them for the way they have acted, even though mm-hmm. they've already told the whole family that they, they've done nothing wrong, that it's us that have done all the wrong. So so where do things stand now? And, where, and where, you know, how does this play out in your relationships now? I mean, do they bring this up constantly when you get together? Do you, or do you just avoid them altogether? I mean, kind of, where, where, where is it all right at this point? We don't get together because since two out of the five children have taken over 24-hour care of the mother, um, the other three siblings that are all grown adults get to see their mother only pretty much like supervised visits or, um, you know, as needed. Around okay, the- okay, so hold on. This has gotten bigger. This isn't just your husband who's been shoved aside here. Now, out of five kids, there are two other siblings besides your husband who are not part of of taking care of her and who were sort of being ostracized. What happened briefly? What happened there? Well, what happened was 
the two said everyone has to step up and do what they can, and everyone tried to, but different people have different situations with their family between working sure. full-time and not having um, husbands who support them, mm-hmm. like those two did. And my husband sure. is the breadwinner, and I'm home-raising the children who have been sick, or they've been in and out of the hospital with surgeries. Right, and then and the two other sisters are, are hitting the same kind of difficult life choices where this is this is why... There is a medical community and help, and the other two sisters who are there 24-7 still refuse that, correct? Correct. Oh, one one other sister, the third sister, did step up, and she comes once a week for um, about 24 hours now after working full-time at a school all week. So she does yeah. her best, but she's also got children in their 40s. Yeah. 30s, yeah. and I still have children, like young children. So, yeah, sure. well, I, no. so, so I'm not clear on exactly where where you want to go with this, but I can, I can you know, and, and I've, I've asked a couple of times, and I'm, I'm not... So, but I can I can say this. Um, this strikes me as as a situation where where your the, your sisters in law um, have a very particular idea about what it means to care for their mother, and unless you do it exactly their way, there's not going to be any kind of uh, you know grace given yeah, to you. Especially the two that are just on hand all the time now. You know when you're when somebody asks you for help. You know, and we want to be generous to others, and especially to our parent, to an elderly parent. Um, it's good to be generous in that way. But but the way to respond to that, I, I like to su- suggest the, what I call a qualified yes technique. What you do is you say, "I would be happy to help. Here is what I can do." You know, or if they say, "Well, what I really need is help with this," you, you could say, "Well, I can do that, but I can't do it on this day or in that way. I could do what you asked me to do." in this way or at this time you, you can negotiate the how and the when not the what uh, and part of negotiating the how and the when not the what when it comes to caring for an elderly parent is proposing having other people come in and help because it's not all up to you in fact there are some cases where family members are not as capable of responding to the medical needs of an elderly parent uh, especially one who's had a stroke who might need physical or occupational therapy or, or other nursing care. Uh, you know, it, it is good for families to be on point with those things, but it's, it, but it's neurotic for a family to feel like they're the only ones who can do it. You know, that, that's where it becomes unhealthy. And so the only way to approach this situation for you and for your husband is to say, look, here are the things that we are able and capable and willing to do. Um, you can either accept that or not, and if you don't accept that, then then that's really on you. And 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 the thing is, you know, they won't accept that. Like you said, they, they don't believe they've done anything wrong. Uh, it's all everybody else, and that's fine. They they can have their feelings about that, but but you don't have to get caught up into that drama. You can say, well, I'm really sorry you feel that way. We are here to help. These are the things that we can do. Please let us know, uh, and we will be there. <laughs> You know, and, and as far all, as far do. as getting together for holidays and things like that, same kind of thing. I know that you know you're there twenty four seven with mom because others of us are working and and can't be there as much. If you'd like us to cook Thanksgiving dinner and bring it to her house so we can all be with mom, we're willing to do that. If that doesn't work with for you, we certainly understand and we'll make other arrangements. But at this point, you guys being Using that qualified yes technique or the qualified invitation into more relationship with you. We want relationship with you. This is what we're able to offer. That allows you to to go with a free conscience knowing you're doing all you possibly can 
and that they're in a place of stubbornness right now. And one day, you know, mom is going to pass and these two ladies are going to look up and A, say, yes, we did the best we could for our mom and we feel good about that. But then they're going to look around and see that they've brought a division with their siblings and they may want to heal that at they some may, point you and know, then you can I, or they may you not know, they're, they're kind of getting off on being martyrs but it won't be up to you anymore and that weight won't be on you the thing is Lily you can't convince them to see it your way you, you have to let them have their own feelings in this uh, and that's the only way to have a relationship with somebody like your sister-in-law uh, to be able to say look this is what we're able to do I'm sorry that you're disappointed that we can't do more that that's where it stands though uh, and then let them choose. If they choose to reject your offers of help, that's really on them whether they see it that way or not. Focus on the rest, on whatever other relationship you can have uh, beyond that. And if that's not a lot of relationship, that's kind of on them. We do talk more about this in God Help Me. These people are driving me nuts, making peace with difficult people. I encourage you to check that out for additional suggestions beyond what we've been able to share with you in the call. With that, we've got to go to break. When we come back, we're continuing to take your calls about those people who seem born to irritate you, especially those people who are close to you, uh, your spouse, your kids, uh, family members, uh, people that you just can't easily get away from but also can't easily deal with. 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue with your calls. Plus, we'll be joined by family psychologist and director of catechetical resources, Dr. Joseph White, We'll be sharing ideas for parents to help kids deal with their peer relationships that are causing problems for them. Stick around for a whole lot more when More to Life continues. She was a mystic and reformer who died at the age of 33. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Catherine of Siena accomplished something no one thought possible. She convinced Pope Gregory XI to return to Rome after the popes had lived in France promised the whole of the 14th century. They've been there ever since. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. CMF Juro is the Catholic healthcare option you've been searching for. From concierge service to ethical consultations to partnerships with one of the nation's largest healthcare sharing ministries, CMF Curo offers a pro-life, Catholic approach to your overall health and well-being. Find out today if CMF Curo is right for you. Call 833-GET-CURO. That's 833-G-E-T-C-U-R-O. Or visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. This Ave Maria radio program is brought to you in part by Fathom Events. The new feature film, Mother Teresa and Me, is in theaters for one night only, Thursday, October 5th. Mother Teresa and Me weaves together the stories of two women, Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. Information at FathomEvents.com. That's FathomEvents.com. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck. And I'm Lisa Popcheck. And you're listening to the best of More to Life.
Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today we're talking about those people who seem born to irritate you. How do you deal with those relationships that you'd rather just get rid of? Well, we are here to help. The number to call is 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Dr. Joseph White. He is a family psychologist and the Director of Catechetical Resources for our Sunday Visitor Publications. He's here to talk to us about what parents can do to help our kids manage difficult peer relationships more effectively. Dr. White, welcome to More to Life. Thanks. Good to be with you. So, you know, you know kids especially have a whole lot of drama uh, in their friendships, uh, and, and sometimes it's hard for parents to know how to help our kids respond to that conflict and tension in their peer relationships. Where do you think parents should start? Well, I think the, the best place to start is to listen and reflect. You know, kids are more likely to accept our input when they feel like they've been heard. Um, and so, you know, I think sometimes we've got to take some time instead of just saying, well, stay away from them or ignore it, um, to, to really listen. Well, and, and I, I want to just stop and highlight us that a second because you're right. I think as parents, you know, we we either feel stressed out and don't want to be bothered with it, or we don't want our kids to suffer, so we just rush right to giving answers and making suggestions for fixing the problem before we've really understood who the people are, uh, what they've done, how our kid feels about it, and really just taking time to ask those questions that, that help us understand their heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think once we've done that, uh, even even then, it might not be the best time to just put out a whole bunch of potential solutions. I, I like to help kids brainstorm together, you know, because if the solution comes from them, they may be more likely to actually implement it. Um, and so just asking a, a question like, well, what are some different things you think you could do? Um, and if they get stuck, suggest a few potential solutions then. I like that a lot. And then, you know, the last suggestion you have is is about role-playing potential solutions. What, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, we're more likely to do what we practice. And uh, and so actually, you know, once once we have some potential solutions, some different things that, that kids might be able, different ways to respond or, or that sort of thing, I think it, it helps to just practice that. And it also helps kids be able to, you know, if it's something they're going to say, to say it with more confidence. Um, you know, if, you, if you've actually practiced it. So, you know, the, the parent could be the, the kid that they're having difficult times with and then really coach the kid through what to do. So those three steps that you recommend, listening, brainstorming, practicing. Dr. Joseph White, thank you so much for those really important suggestions to help parents to teach their kids how to deal with problem peer relationships. And if folks would like to learn more about your good work, they can go to sharingcatholicfaith.com. We'll be back with your calls after these messages. Stick around. Father Benedict Groeschel. In the church, we speak of seven gifts. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, loyalty, courage, and reverence or fear of the Lord. When I speak about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and these gifts come, they give you the ability to go beyond your strength. If you're struggling to be a good person, a good member of your religion, you know it's a struggle and you don't always make it. I've been at it many, many decades and I still struggle and trip and fall 
and have holes in my socks. Struggling to be a good person, something that we need help at. And this help comes to us by these gifts of the Holy Spirit. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Does your brain appreciate stained glass for more than its beauty? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Early Christians couldn't read or write for the most part. Stained glass windows placed in newer church buildings became Bible teachers. These beautiful works of art inspired and highlighted various Bible stories. According to a study from the University of Waterloo, it isn't just our ancient relatives who enjoyed the symbolism of Christian art. Our brains prefer symbols to words. I know, I'm a visual thinker. Let's face it, we can learn from symbols and we can remember more about what we have seen according to the research. Solid visuals can also help us understand abstract concepts. Maybe you relate to visual thinking too. Catholics often practice visio divina, praying with or focused on art. Think of how an illustrated children's Bible makes the job of explaining Holy Scripture and God's plan for us so much easier. For more on this, look for the Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck. And I'm Lisa Popcheck. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Hi, this is Dr. Greg Popcheck. One of the key aspects of fostering healthy relationships is called self regulation. It's a skill that enables you to respond rather than react to a stressful situation or argument. Rather than allowing your brain to escalate your stress level, you enter the situation with a solution based mentality. The first step to mastering self-regulation is to assess your own stress level and work to control it. You actually train yourself to react calmly to stressful situations. Lots of people do it. Firefighters, policemen, happily married couples, and you can too. Secondly, be aware of your regular level of stress and closely monitor what causes it to spike. After building up this self-awareness, you'll be prepared to respond positively to stressful situations. Take time today to assess how you can react more positively to stressful situations so that you can grow in virtue and be a blessing to your relationships. For more stress-reducing tips, visit moretoliferadio.com. Thanks for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. And I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Today's show is titled, I Loathe You Just the Way You Are, as we look at those people who seem like they were born to irritate us. You know, we want to resist the temptation to write people off and just say, well, that's just the way they are. Can't do anything about it. I mean, certainly there are some relationships that can't be healed this side of heaven, but but we've got an obligation in love to do our best to call other people on, to be their best selves, to try to work through those tensions. Is there somebody in your life who seems like they were born to irritate you? <laughs> Would you like to change something about the way someone close to you treats you? Uh, handle that offensive behavior or those certain things they say to you that really get under your skin more effectively. Maybe you've got somebody in your life that you're tempted to just write off or say, well, that's just the way they are. I can't do anything about it. If you're dealing with that, let, let's 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 check the math, okay? Let's, mm-hmm. let's try to work through it together and see if there isn't some way you could use that relationship as an opportunity both to, to grow yourself but also to create greater peace and unity between you and that person. Let's work it out. 877 877- Five seven three seven eight two five. Let's talk now with Margaret, who's listening to EWTN Radio in New Jersey. Hey there, Margaret. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? 
Thank you. Um, everything you said, born to irritate, etc. Uh, we've been married almost 20 years, second marriage for both senior mm-hmm. citizens. Um, what I'm looking for is a little bit more peace in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm an optimist. He's a pessimist. Um, I've tried to be patient, and I think he's pulling me more in his direction than I'm in, in, in my direction. And um, at this point, I, I, I don't know if I should leave the situation, stay and help. I, I really feel kind of at a wit's end here. All right. So, give me an example um, of like what would be a what situation? What would be a situation that that comes up pretty regularly that you're not sure how to how to respond to in a more effective way? Well, the one thing he's very defensive, and so he's always passive aggressive. So, anytime I, I'm trying to say, you know, I've listened to you, you yourself, doctor, and mm-hmm. tried to put things the way you suggest we put them, and he's always saying, "Well, I'm." Um, you're always right and I'm always wrong. And uh, we go back and forth and then I say, no, I'm trying to help our situation because it's not getting any better and our lives are... are right, but give know, me a concrete example. Shorter. Like, uh, no, I, I understand in general what you're saying, but, but give me a concrete example because I think if we can work with that, then you can maybe generalize out from there, but it's hard to work from generals down to a specific. So, so what would be a specific okay. situation you guys might get into? Well, he doesn't want to do anything with me. He doesn't want to go anyplace with me. He wants to. He feels that he's uh, in his in his eighties now, and he can just sit there. Although he's in, in in fairly good health for his age, so there's there's no interest in participating in anything. And um, and he says that whatever I'm doing regarding the church or my friends or whatever, I'm more interested in them than I am in him, which I don't believe is true because I try to include him in many, many things. And then he says, well, I'm tired. I'm just, uh, I'm not up for it. Not now, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week. So um, I just keep getting a lot of negativity. Okay. I, so, I, it's hard for me to come up with one. I know what you're asking me, but you yeah, know, my yeah. mind is, is no, not clear in say, stating one situation. Well, that's okay. So, so just one example would be that you'd like to do more things with him and he just opts out of it all. Um, so so what I'd like you to do is not wait for this to come up as a as a problem. Like a lot of times what happens is any couple will not talk about these things until they're arguing about these things. And then they fight about it and they're like, "Oh, well thank thank God that argument's over." And then they don't talk about it again until they fight about it the next time. Yeah, and I think it's it's so interesting that, you know, Margaret's specifically saying, you know, he's in his 80s. You can have this with a couple in their 20s. Yeah. It's the same dynamic. It doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. So so I would like you to 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 go to him when you're not fighting about this. And and say what are the things? Ask him what are the things that he likes to do the most. What are the things that he you know, what what is it that he would like to engage with you about? You know, because right now it comes up because you're off to go do something at church or with with your friends, and he gets jealous about that. But he doesn't necessarily come up with any ideas at that time. It'll be great for you guys to sit down when you're not fighting about it and say, well, what would you like to do together? You know, what what are your ideas for this? Another thing, um, just to kind of get that conversation started. We talk about this all the time on the program, um, but people miss it because it's hidden in plain sight. The importance of rituals of connection. Every, healthy, healthy relationships um, make a point. Healthy couples, healthy families make a point of connecting around four areas every single day. They find some small way to pray together, work together, 
talk together, and play together. Pray, I, work, talk, play. And I guarantee you guys aren't doing that, Margaret. If he's sitting in that chair grumping, he is. you two are not actively making that conscious effort to do those four things in some small way every single day. So he's when you do make a connection with somebody at church or in your friend group, he gets jealous. But there's no plan between the two of you to make those connections every day so he feels good about your relationship and so do you. So so the first question to ask is what I said already, you know, what you know, bring it up when you're not fighting about it. What would you like to do? What are the things that that make you feel connected to me that that we could actually make happen? The follow-up question to that would be though is to look at those four categories of of praying, working, talking and playing together and try to pick something that you guys could do every day in those four areas. Uh, you know, a simple prayer ritual could be just when you wake up in the morning, you turn toward each other and say, you know, Lord, bless our relationship and help me to be the wife that you want me to be. And he can say, help me be the husband that you want me to be. And, and let us really take good care of each other and be there for each other throughout the day and find little ways to make each other's life a little easier and more pleasant. That was a 30-second prayer, but I can guarantee if you do it every day, it's going to make a difference. It makes a huge your, difference. Uh, a simple work ritual might be making dinner together or clearing the dishes after dinner. Or together, together and chatting and maybe yeah. putting on some music and kind of singing along, making it pleasant instead of the constant grumping. Another example of, say, a talk ritual. You know, talk rituals, what they are, it's not about, you know, what needs to be picked up at the grocery store or what's going on in the day. It's it's about, you know, hopes and dreams or how are we taking care of each other? What, what do we need from each other to feel a little more connected tomorrow? You know, those conversations that don't happen by accident, maybe are a little more intentional, and they're not super deep. But uh, but or they could be, but but they don't have to be. Uh, but they're just more intentional conversations that happen maybe over dinner, you know, or while you're taking a walk together or something like that. And then the play ritual, I mean, that can be anything that just gives you a laugh. A couple of hands of cards, uh, it could be a walk around the neighborhood, whatever he's up to. But you know, trying to look at those four areas and say, could we connect even for ten or fifteen minutes each day uh, around those four different areas? Because, you know, right now, the conversation is only coming up when you're out doing something with somebody else, and you're not being as intentional as you need to be about managing your day-to-day connection. And those conversations are probably happening, you know, as you're getting ready to go out the door for whatever's happening with your friends or at church, or, you know, very close to that. And so you're catching only his mood. So doing these, these four things these rituals together a little bit every day and also scheduling some things and when margaret let's be clear when you go to him and say i'd like to know some things that you would like to do every day together or occasionally if it's an outside the house kind of thing together in a nice way i want to say this to margaret and every other spouse out there it's not, well, you don't like any of the things I do, so tell me what you want to do. Because that's just off to the races, fighting. That's negative. You don't want to do that. You really want to bring about what are the things he still wants to engage in and do that you can do together. And then put some on your week's schedule. You don't, have, don't do it a month out. You don't know what's going to happen. But this week, oh, you like doing that. Well, let's do that Friday night at, after dinner. You know, we'll put it on our schedule. Start making real plans instead of just sort of flying by the seat of your pants. Because then, you know, even if he's not feeling great, he'll say, well, you know, maybe you'll feel better if we just go ahead and do what's on our schedule. It gives you something to work with. This is a basic relationship skill that, like you said, Lisa, every couple, whether you're 20 or you're 80 or anywhere in between or older, 
that you need to have these rituals of connection to be able to feel like you've got some kind of a baseline in the relationship. And then you can build from there. We do offer other ideas along these lines in our book, For Better Forever, A Catholic Guide to Lifelong Marriage, which which looks at the Catholic vision of marriage through each age and stage of the marital life cycle, from the honeymoon stage all the way to the very later stages of marriage. I really encourage you to check it out. It will help you practically live out the Catholic vision of marriage in your life. That's For Better Forever, a Catholic guide to lifelong marriage. You can pick it up at catholiccounselors.com or at EWTN Religious Catalog, where you can check out lots of great resources for living a more faithful and abundant life. With that, let's take a break. But when we come back, we're continuing to take your calls about dealing with those people who seem like they are born to irritate you. Uh, the study we were talking earlier about a study from Columbia University that that reflected on how our tendency to chalk up other people's offensive behavior to just being born that way or just being the way they are makes it more difficult for us to manage that behavior effectively. So instead of writing somebody off or just giving them a pass, how do you engage these frustrating, irritating, obnoxious behaviors productively, gracefully, effectively? and all other kinds of adjectives like that. 877-573-7825. If you've got somebody in your life that you either are tempted to write off or wish you could, let's find some ways forward in those relationships. 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue with your calls right after the break. There was no single event. It was more gradual. You know, eventually you just don't go one Sunday and then you don't go two Sundays in a row. Then went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage. Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. This Ave Maria radio program is brought to you in part by Fathom Events. The new feature film, Mother Teresa and Me, is in theaters for one night only, Thursday, October 5th. Mother Teresa and Me weaves together the stories of two women, Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. Information at FathomEvents.com. That's FathomEvents.com. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. 
Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. And I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Uh, the show today is titled, I Loathe You Just the Way You Are. How do you deal with those people who seem like they were born to irritate you? We're taking your calls at 877-573-7825. Let's talk through those difficult relationships with folks that you wish you could write off but maybe can't for, you know, any particular reason, especially just because it's not good to do that. <laughs> Let's help you create peace in those difficult relationships, 877-573-7825. We're talking now with Nancy, who's listening to WTN Radio in Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hi there, Nancy. What's going on? Oh, my. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> taking my call. Sure. It might be too much for this program, but I've been listening to you all for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, in your program today really struck a chord with me, and I uh, got through. Um, we, my husband and I, have been estranged from one of our sons and our mm-hmm. daughter-in-law. They cut off. We believe it's the daughter-in-law cut off all connection with us four mm. years ago. That is so Told painful, it. Nancy. I'm so sorry. It, what yeah. happened? Well, thank you for saying that because I can't tell anyone about this. It's it, uh, and I'm grieving as if they have all died. Yeah, of course. Um, it, it, they're just anyway. I thought I had a very, very close relationship with this daughter-in-law, and their their son was our firstborn grandson. So I was starting off as a brand-new grandmother, and I know that I came on way too strong. Um, she, the daughter-in-law, is an introvert very, very much so, and does things very, very differently from everyone else in our family. And I'm talking about extended family and everything. But mm-hmm. I, I loved her dearly. I still do. And I don't know how much longer we can keep this up. Um, we were told not to, not to call, not to text. We by your email. son by, or by, by her? By your son or by her? Well, by her, but our son supports her. My husband mm-hmm. believes that um, he is just trying to hold the family together, that she might leave him if he, if he pressed. Um, but he was, he's also been um, rather more difficult of all of our children, um, and he wanted us to do most of the contacts through her because he travels a lot. Anyway, they don't live anywhere near us. Um, I continue to send um, occasional emails. I send letters. I send them mostly to the um, grandson, grandsons now, um, but also to the parents. Um, we've, um, we always send presents. And you don't get any kind of any kind of response at all. Well, in the beginning, we would occasionally get a phone call from our son, and in the beginning, I was not too good. I, I will, I will, I will be very honest about that because I okay. was like, "How can this be happening?" We had such a close relationship, and so I was asking, "Why, why, why?" 
<laughs> and there were conflicts about some of the things they were she was doing in raising the little grandchildren. So we would say, well, why? You know, we can help you with that. We can, whatever their fears were, their concerns, whatnot. Okay, so now I overstepped, okay? I, I honestly admit so that. So let, let me ask you this, Nancy, like parent to parent here. So you are being so forthright on air. You know you overstepped. There are things that you said or did that you're not yes, proud yes. of. Did you yes. go to your daughter-in-law and say, I didn't know how to do this, and I blew it, and I'm sorry, and what do you need from me to restore this relationship? Have you said those exact things to her? all contact was cut off. I couldn't do that. All right, but you're sending everything else. Did you send a letter that said that? Well, and I don't remember now what the letter specifically said, because this has been an ongoing process for four years, and it... But I did. I've been looking stuff up on the internet. I said I am. I read something where you're supposed to apologize, even if you don't know what you did. In the beginning, I did not know what I had done. Um, I could not see that myself, but then I did see it. And yes, I think I've been very specific. Okay. I've got so, another so... one ready to send. I also <laughs> sent one to my son. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yes. All right, so this is going to be I a long-term thing. Trying. I want to keep trying. Yeah, no, no. Good. I'm glad well, that, you want to good. keep trying. That's good. So, so just just to be clear, since it's been a while, all right, and you don't really remember what you said, I, I would like you in the next contact that you have with your son and your daughter, I'd like you to send an email to both of them or a letter to both of them uh, individually. Actually, don't do it together. All right, uh, where you say, "Look, I, 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 I really do understand that I've overstepped." Um, I'm sure there are other things that I've done that have upset you. Uh, and I would really like to understand from your perspective what we would need to do to heal the relationship and move forward from here. But I will leave that up to you. Um, and, and I will just pray that, that you'd be willing to hear this in the spirit that it's offered. And let's see where we go from there. Write that to both of them. Leave it at that. Um, don't Don't bring it up again until they do. But then in the meantime... I'd like you to step up your contact with 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 all of them. Okay, uh, it, it, don't don't bring up the problem, but send regular emails t- to both of them that just say, you know, this is what's happening in our lives. We we were thinking about you. I wanted to share this with you. I wanted to let you know that we were praying for you about this and such. You know, maintain that contact where you're you're reaching out, especially to your son. Um, because you know you're saying he wanted you to kind of deal with her, you know, deal with the relationship through her. That that's not going to work, obviously, since she's the one who's most offended, right? But there's a stronger tie there, presumably, with your son. Um, and if you're able to maintain that regular email contact with him, even if he doesn't give you something back, you're just regular, like weekly, checking in and saying, "So this is what's going on with Dad and I, and you know, with the, you know, the other siblings, and we were just thinking about you and wanted to share this and such and this and that. I hope that this is going well, and we're keeping that in your prayer, in our prayer." Boom. And make sure that you're sending this to to them, and especially to your son. Be careful that you're not just trying to stay in contact with the grandchildren, because she will resent that. She'll still feel like you're doing it and run around her just to get to her children without really caring about her. Right. Yeah. So that, that's uh, that's not your intention, but that's, not all, that's how she's. But that's take. how it's going to be perceived. Yeah. yeah. Um, but start with again revisiting the apology, not falling all over yourself, but just acknowledging what you acknowledge to us. And saying, you know, if you didn't, if you, it's been a while, so if you didn't say that, you really want to be clear that, that you understand. 
that you overstepped and that you're really sorry and that you're sure that there are other things that you've done that, that have put them off, but you'd like to be able to leave that behind and know from them what it would take for them to know that, you know, that it's safe to be in a relationship with you again, that you want to be there to support them. How can you demonstrate that? And, and write it to both of them individually. Then from there, follow up with a weekly email to each of them, just a chatty, newsy, friendly prayerful email that, that, that at least leaves the door open you can't force the relationship here but but you can extend the invitation and let them know that you're making it safe to communicate with you that you're not going to drag up a whole lot of stuff and make it about a lot of drama if they reach out to you you're giving them a way to kind of just reach back and say oh well that's a really funny story or this is what happened to me and just build it up back slowly but take it one step at a time, Nancy. I, our, our, both Lisa and my hearts are breaking for you. Oh, completely. I, I really understand how painful this can be. Um, and, and, and this is a, you know, we were talking earlier today on Morning Glory about white martyrdom. That, 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 that when, when we do the right thing out of love for Christ, even in the face of potential rejection or humiliation or criticism, this, this is a kind of white martyrdom where a parent uh, you know, it doesn't feel like you've necessarily done anything that horrible, yeah. but, but, you know, clearly you've been rejected. And, and so you, 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 in humility, you reach out and you do the right thing out of love for Christ, out of a desire to heal the rift, uh, even when it's hard. So I'm just going to encourage you to, to keep building that relationship, uh, but focus more attention on both your son and your daughter-in-law. Um, in that in that more chatty way that I was talking about, and I think that'll get you a, a little bit further down the road than you than you are now. Uh, once you've been doing that for a little bit, if you don't feel like it's making progress, give us a call back here. We'll take a look at some next steps and and see what you can do. But I, I do believe that this would at least give you uh, a way in. Thanks for the call, Nancy. If there's more we can do to help you, don't hesitate to reach out to us again here at More to Life. I do really appreciate the fact that Nancy's bringing up something that's so so important. Sometimes these things are very much the long view kind of thing. We can't expect it to be healed overnight, but that doesn't mean we should just chuck it and give up either. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, when you're dealing with those people who uh, you are tempted to just kind of write off and say, well, that's just the way they are now and there's nothing I can do. Um, check that impulse. The reality is, as Christians, we need to remember, number one, that grace builds on nature. That regardless of what we think about a person's character or why they are the way they are, grace builds on that nature and allows change to occur even when we think it can't. We've got to give grace a chance to work, and it's only going to work through us if we stay in there and really maintain whatever relationship we can and remember folks love means working for the good of another person it doesn't mean writing them off so if you're looking for some more tips and ideas for how to approach that person that's difficult for you to deal with then reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com and check out the resources we mentioned on today's program including for better forever a catholic guide to lifelong marriage for dealing with those irritations in your relationship or, God help me, these people are driving me nuts, making peace with difficult people. Plus, lots of other great titles at CatholicCounselors.com. While you're there, learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's telephone counseling practice, where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to help you transform your marriage, family, or personal life. Again, the details about that are at CatholicCounselors.com. 
But whatever, check out all the resources, then get out and start celebrating the life you were meant to live, because there is so much more to life. God bless. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchuk. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.